Hello, my name is Julia Pearl, and welcome to the Pink Pro Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to discuss empowered homemaking. How did I get here, and where am I going on this journey? The theme for today's episode is starting before I'm ready. And let me tell you, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I'm starting. I'm starting today with this first episode. This year, in 2022, I have been taking a very intentional break from traditional employment, and I'm incredibly blessed to have the opportunity to be able to do this. But I know that I have an overwhelming abundance of creativity that's just bursting at the seams, and I have so much love and joy that I need to share with the world. I've been created to do this. It's a little bit scary not having a planned and perfected path. And by nature, I'm a planner and I love being organized and knowing, all right, if my plan is to do A, B, C, and D, um, and if that doesn't work out, it's okay because I've got steps one, two, three, and four that are going to get me to the same, if not a somewhat similar path. And instead, I'm taking a step back. And instead of planning to get to the top of the next hill, because I know it's not going to be the top of any mountains. I'm planning on putting one foot in front of the next. And instead of planning on climbing a mountain, I'm letting God illuminate this path and I'm taking one step at a time. So today I'm taking the step of starting my podcast. I'm taking a step of putting my voice out into the world and letting the world know that I'm here. And I don't know 100% about what I'm offering other than I don't know. (laughs) That's okay not to have every tiny little detail planned. And if you're in a similar place as me, I encourage you to take that first step. We can take it together. Send me a DM, send me a note, let me know. Um, And, you know, we can, we can build that community with each other and encourage each other. Take the first step into something that you want to do. Take that first step if you're curious about something. I think that my creativity stems from my curiosity, from a love of beauty and wonderment. I see things and I'm just inspired to create, whether it's seeing the form of a dress and wanting to see if I can maybe knit it or sew a version of it that includes some pockets. I look through things and I see how I can create something that works for the way that I want to live my life. Or I see something at a store and I appreciate either its form or its function or perhaps it's just not quite at a price point that's within my budget. Or I can see that I can make it from something that I already have. And on occasion, because I have ADHD, (laughs) it's a lot, and I create a lot of projects on my to-do list by adding them over and over and over. And other times I just simply fall in love with the idea of making something. (laughs) For example, this year, um, I discovered Punch Needle and my sister-in-law a few years back asked me if I knew how to make a rug. And all I could think about was making latch hooks when I was a kid. Maybe it's called latchet hook. Let me know. And I looked up, can you get the latch hook mat big enough to make an area rug? Can I sew the panels together to make it seamless? Is it durable? How how are rugs actually made? If you've ever looked at the price of area rugs, <laughs> you know that they can they can 
get a little pricey. Or if you're like me, sometimes the colors and the patterns aren't quite what I would want. As much as I love pink, maybe I'm not looking for a pink rug. I, I am really drawn to traditional patterns like Persian rugs. And I was hoping to find a navy base with some grays, maybe some reds, a hint of blush. But I didn't want beige or rusty reds that were kind of orangey. But that's all I could seem to find. I'm such a stickler for colors. And if I can see it in my mind's eye what I'm looking for, but I can't find it, I'll just make it myself. And I know I'm going to love it even more. So when I stumbled across Punch Needle, I was sucked in. Punch Needle, thankfully, isn't terribly expensive as an entry point. As long as you're doing it manually. There's like Punch Needle guns and stuff too that are, you know, a little more expensive. But eventually I'm going to try to make an area rug for my office. <laughs> um, so a few other areas of my creativity are baking and crafting. I love making my own clothes. I knit, I crochet. I love creating DIY projects, whether it's rehabbing furniture or installing electrical switches to uh, make my home or apartment a smart home. I love painting, whether it's walls or artwork. In 2020, I had officially started my baking business. And I didn't feel comfortable trying to encourage additional gatherings like, hey, have a party and I'll bake you some cookies. Everybody get together. That just felt wrong. Now, if people were already gathering, I was overjoyed to <laughs> create special treats for them. But in that time, I started making pet bandanas. And I ended up dabbling in some surface design and graphic design because I was looking for some very specific fabrics and I couldn't find them. So now I can create my own fabrics, whether it's for my own clothes or for bandanas for Pearl's Pautique or making some beeswax wraps. And at this point... Instead of knowing a fully formed business plan, I'm going all in on not knowing. I'm going all in on believing in myself, believing in my talents, creativity, and my skill, and knowing that I have been given these gifts that are meant to be shared with the world and with other makers and homemakers. And if the next step I take requires me to learn something new, I've got the capability to learn it. I've learned all of these crafts and skills and I can learn more. It is such a blessing, but I can take the pressure off. I know I don't have to know everything. I can know what I know right now and continue to learn along the way. I've known for years that perfection is the enemy of the good, and I'm not trying to prefer perfection because that's obviously impossible. But practice makes improvement, and all I can hope to do is improve and grow each and every day. I hope this is encouraging for those of you who are taking your time to listen to this. I appreciate your time along the way. You might be wondering, why is this lady starting a podcast? This sounds visual. Making is pretty visual. About a year and a half ago, though, 
I purchased the domain name to start a podcast with my lovely sister, Melissa. I hoped I could get her buy-in on starting it. And I convinced her pretty easily that it was a part of each of our journeys to do it. But the timing hasn't quite aligned yet. I created the theme and I love the way that we communicate with each other. And I want to share that with the world. That even though we experience the world differently from very different faith perspectives, from different outlooks in the world, we communicate from a place of love and compassion. And our approach combines with curiosity. At this time, though, her plate is overflowing with her own startup, and I don't want to add to her to-do list until she's a little bit more settled. So I decided I can start my own right now, and perhaps in time, we'll create our joint podcast. I can use this podcast to help me learn the back-end process of podcasting, so when it's time to add her voice on our own channel, I'll be a seasoned podcaster for My podcast, this is going to be my behind the scenes journey. And while I don't have it all sketched out, I have studied economics and I worked in finance for a number of years. So I have enough of a hodgepodge information to start what I'm trying to grow. But at this point, it's more of an emotional idea that I'm still learning how to intellectually communicate. And right now I'm just diving in and I'm going to do it. I currently live in Lynchburg, Virginia. For those of you that aren't familiar with the area, it's along the Blue Ridge Mountains on the East Coast. I moved here in January and this place is filled with incredible beauty. And now that I've moved here, I'm meeting so many incredible people. I first started by reaching out to local yarn shops and getting connected with a local church. And um, it started out with checking out a local stitch night, and then it led to taking a class. I figured even though I could have learned the skill on my own, as I usually do in order to save some money, I decided to take the class in person. It was on a different day of the week than the stitch night, so I thought I might meet some different people. And it would also show my support of another small business owner. I wanted to be really intentional about spending time with other makers at different skill levels, new knitters to experienced knitters. Through that, I have expanded my circle and ventured on to a mini shop hop and landed me at a stitch and pitch event at the Salem Red Sox game. And then on a whim, while I had already decided to go in person to all 11, 11 shops on the Blue Ridge Yarn Crawl, I realized I needed to go back in and grab my business cards to bring them with me to the shops. I'm wildly introverted. Though to some people, they might think I'm very extroverted. Um, But talking to new people is especially challenging for me. But I figured maybe I would be able to strike up a conversation and meet the owners of the shops. Maybe I would feel open enough to share with them. But at the same time, I didn't want to be an inconvenience to them. They're promoting their shops right now. Each shop has a different feature that they have for the yarn crawl. They've got their own yarn colors, stitch markers, daily prizes. But I still brought my business cards just in case the opportunity presented itself. In some ways, I'm trying to push myself. 
maybe there's a way to generate these conversations organically. So on the first day of the yarn crawl, I made it to five of the 11 shops and I shared with them. I connected with four out of the five shops I went to. And for me, reaching out to 80% of the shops that I went to was a huge mark of progress. I know that my intentions are good for them as well. And for me, I'm doing market research. At one of the shops, I shared that I don't know what, what exactly what I'm doing and what I'm offering. And Ellie at one of the other shops suggested that I could do a trunk show at her shop. And I had thought about craft markets in the past because I've got a basic setup taken care of with tables and some ideas about displays. But when I've looked at festivals or craft shows and start to fill out the forms, they have a blank for, what are you selling? And I don't have a concise answer. But with a trunk show, I could have a feature of a small sector of what I'm trying to offer. And it would be a really good test market, I think. I know that knowing what you're selling is (laughs) marketing 101. You have to know what you're selling before you can put it to market. What's the umbrella that I'm operating under? So I knit and I crochet. And I am making some fiber notions, some blocking materials. I've designed my own fabrics and I make pet bandanas and I make my own beeswax wraps because I kind of want to be crunchy and eco-friendly. And um, I, it's always a work in progress. I'm, I'm not perfect. And I try to limit my waste from the fabrics that I'm using or limit my waste as I'm designing my notions. In addition to my crafts, I bake and I run a cottage bakery where I make custom wedding cakes, other celebration cakes, cookies, confections. I'm obsessed with making marshmallows. But this idea of having a trunk show is so perfect. So Ellie, if you ever listen to this, thank you so much. She also said that I can tag her in things so she can help promote me, which is beyond kind and helpful and I want to help all of the people that I can help too. That's why my tagline is cultivating love and joy. Whether it's with my own audience or it's the people that I interact with on a daily basis. I'm very intentional about waving or saying hello to people. Even though I also want to stay inside my own bubble. Maybe I can add some joy in their day. Maybe my smile will be contagious and I can lift them up on a day they needed to be seen. (laughs) One of my dearest friends calls me a walking contradiction. And this is probably one of those instances. But my comfort and security in my bubble means less to me than stepping outside of my comfort zone to lift someone else up. I'm sure I present as an extrovert, but I'd really also rather be in the background. But I also want to be appreciated and feel loved. It doesn't quite make sense until probably you get to know me a little bit more. It's extremely intimidating to market yourself. But it's also helped me hone in on my elevator speech, as well as figuring out more natural introductions to my business and to myself. Out of the 11 shops I introduced myself before the first day, one the second day. Technically two, if you include me sharing Pearl's side of my business card. (laughs) Um, Pearl is my sweet and sassy bangle cat. 
And she has her own space on my business cards. And on the last day, I already knew two of the four remaining shops. For the mathematicians out there, I connected with seven out of 11 shops. For me, that's an incredible success. So what does all of this have to do with homemaking? All of these skills, crafts, art forms, they fall under homemaking. I'm a homemaker. If you are living on your own and aren't living under the roof of your childhood home, you're a homemaker. A home is what you make of it. I camp in the prettiest ways. And most of what I enjoy about it is the setting up camp part. I got this pink and teal plaid tablecloth at the Salvation Army, and I built my camp setup based on this tablecloth. I enjoy making a home away from home. So whether your home is in a barracks room, an apartment, a single family house, a dorm room, or a hammock tent in the woods, you're a homemaker too. And if you're still living at home with your parents, you can still learn and develop more about being a homemaker. Many years ago, I was at a craft show with my sister-in-law, who at the time was selling Chloe and Isabel jewelry. My sister-in-law, ever my cheerleader, expressed to the author at the table next to us that I'm also starting a business. And the best way I could describe it spot on was, well, I'm kind of like Martha Stewart, but I'm hoping to be more applicable to my generation. Jen Milis stopped me. And Jen, if I pronounced your name wrong, I apologize. And I'm going to paraphrase. She said, no, you are Julia. You are the only you. And don't compare yourself to anyone else. You're the only you. We've only met once, but this has stuck with me ever since. You may have known me at other stages in my life as Julia Hawthorne, Julia Cotton, Jules Cotton, Julie Cotton. When I say my maiden name, Cotton, you can probably hear very clearly that I am from the Midwest, even though I try very intentionally to neutralize my Midwestern accent as much as possible. But today I'm overfilled with joy to introduce myself. Hello, I'm Julia Pearl, Empowered Homemaker. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen today. I hope you will join me on this journey as I build my business and dive into seeking my purpose. If you are just as excited to share this time together, please send me a message. Or if you know someone else that this message is going to resonate with, please share this episode with them. It would mean the world to me. Until next time, I hope your day is filled with love and joy.